Hello and welcome to That's So Craven. We are now streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Twitch. Make sure you follow us on all social media and subscribe to be notified when a live recording starts. Please, please, please share That's So Craven with your Fulham friends to keep our community growing. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and come on you whites. Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from Down Under. We're here today to discuss the Fulham versus West Ham 1-0 loss from yesterday. Uh, a really tough result to take and really does feel like it's a tough road ahead for Fulham. Uh, five games now without a victory, five defeats in a row I believe it is as well. Uh, here to discuss it all, we have Elton, how are we going? Oh, hi, Jack. Um, this is sounding all too familiar, isn't it? Um, your your intros are almost on repeat. Yeah, it does feel a bit like that at the moment. Um, just some really disappointing results, but not just results, disappointing displays as well. I know we we talked about the previous games and, you know, you can understand losing to Arsenal in the way we did. You can understand the Man United result as well, but it's starting to feel like we were just unable to get those points. And we've been sitting on 39 points now for oh, what feels like months um, and constantly going, you know what, 39 points, we haven't hit 40, but we're safe, we're safe. And it's just feeling a little edgy now. I mean, West Ham now moved to 30 points after that victory. Um, and a few of the other teams down the table got some wins. I saw Wolves beat Chelsea. Um, the bottom of the table is starting to rise up towards us a little bit. And, you know, with still a fair few games to go, uh, are there any worries sort of starting to creep in for you? Well, what what is concerning me is that that performance was a bit predictable in mm-hmm. every worst possible way. Um, I wasn't surprised at our inability to score goals. I wasn't surprised at our misfortune in conceding a goal against the run of play. And I, I, I think beyond a funk, I think we've really got a serious problem now that um, feels difficult, difficult for us to rise above. Yeah, it, it really does at the moment. Um, one thing to, I guess, bear in mind to try and be a little bit positive is I did see a tweet come out saying, you know, Marco Silva's been in charge of Fulham now for, I think, 80 or 90 games. Um, And this is the first blip he's really had. And to be fair, like, we we cruised through the championship season really comfortably, performed really well, got all the results we needed. That was fine. First half of this season, we've been, you know, a dream, really. We can't have asked for too much more. and finally, we're starting to see a little blip. And as a few people have said as well, at least it's happening at the end of the season with, you know, eight games to go rather than happening, you know, at the start of the season. Imagine if we were on this run first, you know, in the first 10 games, we lose five of them. Um, you'd be, we'd be worried. But it sort of takes a little bit of the pressure off because we are effectively safe. I know the table is starting to creep up a bit, but realistically, over the next eight games, we should pick up the sort of 
I mean, really, we probably only need three points to guarantee safety. Teams don't go down with 40, but um, it's it's just feeling like, you know, as we were worried about, this season's just starting to peter out now. And without Mitro in the team, we, we just look a little bit flaccid, if that's a fair term to use. Do you, do you agree with that? It's a very, uh, very colourful term to use, Jack. Um, uh, I think I, I, I wouldn't put myself in the camp of pointing the finger at some sort of crack in the silver strategy as a, overall as, a, as a, a manager, you know, this sort of second half fizzle out. I, I, I think it's, it's too easy to try and blame that as some kind of reason for this. I, th- I, th- I think if you analyse it properly as we do at nauseam, I, I, think, I think it's kind of pretty obvious what's going mm. wrong. We, we, we don't have the depth and we certainly don't have the depth in areas where we're now suddenly have been caught short. And, um, you know, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it in more detail, but we've got big problems in key areas that I, I, I you know, I don't see a way out of. Uh, certainly if we stick to our current game plan, I don't see a way out of it. Well, yeah, there's it's an interesting point that you raise there, and I'll actually throw to uh, William, who's following along on Facebook on our live stream here, who, who poses a question that I was going to pose myself anyway. Um, but Vinicius, as as William says in his question here, Vinicius seems a poor option up front. Do we stick with him or do we shuffle the deck for another option? So I guess just to expand on that, I, I, I think we can all agree that there's such a gap between Mitro and Vinicius that it's always going to be hard for for Vinny to actually fulfil that role wholly and completely. So we're always going to be searching for how we can get the best out of Vinicius. Now, I don't think he is... Uh, the same style of player as Mitro. And so I think we, we're sticking with our system and it's just not really working at the moment. My only issue is we, we saw what happened last time we changed how we play, where we tried to play Bobby up front and it just didn't work. Uh, I think we do have other options there with, you know, potentially playing Solomon up front and, you know, playing a false nine and basically not playing a striker at all and just playing a bank of four across the attacking midfield sort of section of the pitch. But it just feels like, you know, we, we're trying and trying to do the same thing over and over again, and it's just not working. And surely there has to be a shift at some point. Well, firstly, can I say that I, I'm i actually starting to feel quite sorry for Vinny. I really mm. am, because I, I, I don't want to be personally on him. Because it's it's actually not his fault. I think I don't think it's an effort um, issue from his perspective. Like like you said at the the uh, outset here, he's simply not he's not um, Alexander Mitrovic. He doesn't have his skills. He doesn't. He's not the same style of player. He doesn't make the same kind of runs. He doesn't appear in the same places. He doesn't have his abilities to drop deep 
and you know start creative movements although having said that um he's been involved with you know two or three really really beautiful moves yeah uh, and which which he he absolutely must be given credit for that unfortunately is not enough to the point um uh to to william's point and something that loads of people have talked about and what we've talked about as well if the only one time we've ever seriously tried this um, of changing the system and putting Bobby up front was probably a pretty difficult test case where we put Bobby up front at Brighton. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, that was a very difficult set of circumstances to present to Bobby and the team um, because of the way they play, they shut it down very, very quickly. They they worked it out instantly, and mm. I, I'm going to say that. Um, but Bobby Decker, David Reed is is no slouch with the ball at his feet. He's actually quite skillful, and he's got no, I agree, two yeah. feet. And I, I, I think actually, we we truthfully we we certainly did not serve him well enough for mm. that to be considered a completely failed concept and something never to be tried again. Uh, if I look at, and I know we didn't try a different system last night. We we simply have replaced Vinny Mitrovic with Vinny, and we try to play in the same fashion um, down the wings to Vinny, but we were awful, awful in the way in which uh, we try to serve him. It was it was actually really disappointing and very frustrating. So we're neither fish nor fowl. We're neither serving that striker, you know, target man properly. And I'm not sure that the message of the emails got through to the wingers to either, you know, come come centrally much earlier and play the ball through Pereira, who then plays directly to the target man. Or if you want to persist with the ball down the wing, we actually play defeat and somehow come in and don't try and find them in the air because we're, we're neither do, we're, we're doing neither properly. Yeah, well, you know, a point to make if I, I skip through on our, our slides here to look at the match stats, uh, we can see the the number of passes for them completed during the game compared to West Ham, especially six hundred and fifty nine passes for Fulham to West Ham's one hundred and ninety six. Uh, now, I'd love to see the crossing stats um, because Fulham just seemed to be putting the ball into the box and it felt a little bit aimless a few times. I, I don't know your your thoughts on the crossing, but it just felt like we weren't... And maybe it's because we're missing Mitro and Mitro's just in the position often enough, getting his head on the ball um, and we, we're just putting it in there and, you know... Mitro being Mitro gets to the ball every single time and Vinicius isn't that player, but it just felt like we didn't try anything else. We kept pumping mm. the ball into the box and we were getting absolutely nothing from it. Um, I, and, I, I and so I, I'm going to just, no, go on, go on. Sorry, Jack. Um, I, as, as, as much as we always try to remain incredibly positive and don't criticize players, um, I think it has to be said that I, I, I thought um, Anthony Robinson was really patchy. He didn't have an awful game overall last night. He did mm. some good things, 
But his crossing into the box I thought was terrible. Yeah. Terrible last night. And there were a number of times where, uh, you know, the, the, he, he literally put the ball at a very uh, gentle uh, height and pace directly to the keeper's hands. Like, yeah, you know, or, or floated was, to the back post where we had absolutely yeah. no one near the back post. Yeah. We easy yeah. came for the keeper or a defender to just see the ball through, basically. And, and it would it be just, really easy to dump on Vinny for, for that or anyone appearing in the box, but it was nowhere near them. It was the delivery yeah. was awful. Uh, that's um, what I mean when, when I say aimless. I feel like yeah. we were just yeah. basically going through the motions of, you know. This is how we've scored goals this season so far. We put a ball into the box and someone gets their head on it and scores. But we weren't actually trying to pick out a player most of the time, it seemed. We were just putting the ball in the yeah. box and crossing our fingers and seeing what happens. And I think that's where we we massively fell down because we just weren't we weren't playing smart. And we've seen Silver really dominate games because of his smarts so far. And we, we just felt, yeah, aimless is the only word I can think of because we didn't have any real direction, it felt like. We were passing the ball around the edge of the box, trying to find an opportunity, and it wasn't coming, but we weren't trying anything different. Um, I saw a couple of little instances where I think um, it could have been Pereira, Pereira flicking a ball into the box, like the outside of his foot trying to just lift it over the defence and at least trying something a little bit different. And that's the kind of stuff that you need to do a little bit more often. But, you know, I saw Willian shifting the ball from side to side, trying to find space for himself and just not getting any space, but not trying anything different at the same time as well. Uh, and it just felt like we we were completely out of ideas. And it's almost like with Mitra out of the side, what do we do? How do we win this game? And no one had any answers. And and that's uh, that's the worry for me. We just don't <laughs> seem to have answers. I, I'm going to say that I thought our attacking play, if one could even characterize it as that last night, was mm. was sometimes sometimes appeared to me to be not even Premier League quality. It, it really yeah. wasn't. If I think back, to, if I think back to like that Sunderland, those Sunderland games, you know, those FA Cup games, mm. um, they were more direct, damaging, incisive. And skillful, that yep. than us last night. We we looked woeful, um, and and that all of that against what has to be emphasised here was a really poor West Ham side on paper, not a poor side. In reality, they were a weak, weak, weak opposition, and yep. we we had it completely over them for most of the game. And that goal was against the run of play, and just like. Yep, Fulhamish. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I did a bit of Googling around this morning, just looking at articles and trying to get a bit of an understanding of how everything, uh, how everyone feels after the game. It's pretty easy to understand how that they do feel. But I came across an article on hammers.news written by a West Ham fan who, uh, and basically the, the headline, David Moyes fools nobody with cowardly tactics and woeful display during West Ham win over Fulham. And, you know, it, there's not many times, I think, where a team gets a win and someone writes an article, and, and the whole way through the wow. article, he's just saying it was the worst performance I've ever seen. I got messages from fellow West Ham fans saying that was disgusting. And, and they are 
Shout out bitterly, Yeah, well, exactly the person who did send it through. They're, they're bitterly, bitterly disappointed with the style of play. Even though they're getting points, they're, they're upset with the victory, which kind of speaks volumes about how bad West Ham are at the moment. But I think flip that round and say, Fulham, how are Fulham losing to a team like this? Um, well, it's simple, Jack. It's simple. The game, um, to remind you, is to to the ob- object of the game is to score goals. If you can't, you cannot win games. You, you exactly. just cannot win. That's, that's the big problem is at the moment we look like we don't know how to score goals. Uh, and it's it's frustrating because... You, you watch the goal we scored against Bournemouth and how beautifully we worked the ball around, how everyone just sort of clicked. And you know that we can do it, but it seems like we we just ran out of ideas for some reason. And and right. as soon as we went down, the head seemed to drop a little bit. And maybe it's because it was an own goal, um, sort of against the run of play a little bit as well. And, and you could see what West Ham were going to do instantly after that. They were just happy to sit on the edge of the box. But you have to be good enough to break down a team like that. And well, we we just weren't. I, I think, you know, I haven't really thought about this before, but your point about the beauty and efficiency of that Bournemouth goal and the fact that it was almost out of character because we haven't even tried that. I, I, I could not count on one hand the number of times we've tried to create goals like that this season. And it's not that players don't have the skill, but it's not part of the way we play. And as much as I I feel sorry for Vinicius that he's got this opportunity with Metro now sidelined, but we simply can't serve him and he can't rise above, the, you know, the circumstances to, to, to score or, or create individual efforts which bring about wins. Can mm-hmm. I put it that way? Right. So do we have any choice where we actually do have the skill to cut sort of lower lower table teams open with that kind of play because we're good enough passers and skillful enough footballers? Is it time, like back to uh, William's question, is it time to, to kind of throw out the Vinicius end of season seven, eight game experiment and you know, just try and knock those balls around, open up defences and score the kind of goals that we, the goal we did at Bournemouth. Maybe it is. I mean, it it, it possibly and probably is, I'd say. I think, um, I think you had to give Vinicius time. Uh, I think the worst thing we could have possibly done was just discount Vinicius and say, you haven't been good enough this season and therefore we're not playing you. I think that would have been the wrong thing to do and it would have sent the wrong message. I think now we can fairly comfortably say after two performances, he's not scoring goals for us and he's not even looking like scoring goals for us. I don't think Vinicius had a shot on target last night. Um, Not even sure from memory how many shots on goal he had in total. Um, And I just feel, not that I can remember off the top of my head, I just feel like we um, we need to do something different because if we continue doing what we're doing, it's going to get pretty ugly. Um, and, you know, we, we're now five losses in a row, uh, four losses in a row in the league. Uh, we, we just, 
we're searching for that one point to get us to 40 and we just can't find it at the moment. Um, and without Mitra on the side, it's, it's going to get, it's, it's going to get tough. We, we don't have an easy run of games as we're starting to see the teams in this relegation scrap and not pushovers. And I, I'm fractionally worried. I don't think we're going to get pulled into a relegation scrap. Like I think we're way past that now. And I think we can be pretty comfortable with that, but we've got to play Everton um, this coming, this coming week. Yeah. And so next Saturday, um, you know, again, a, a poor side, but I wouldn't put it past them to to give us a bit of a scare. And if we continue to play the way we're playing and not actually creating good chances, I think we're going to be in for another tough ride against them. And we play Leeds after that, you know, also struggling at the moment, but in a position where they have to win games. And so we're going to be on the back foot in all of these games. And then we come up against Liverpool, Man City, Man United before the end of the season as well. You know, I remember looking at these fixtures going, five games there, we can get 15 points from this and be in Europe. Now I'm looking at it going, can we trust try and find one point out of these five games? So do, do we kind of get invested here and just go, right, how do we do this? How, how, let's change the system. And how do we do this? And then who are the best practitioners for it? And can we adapt? Can can the um, the left and right back and wingers adapt overall to this new system? And 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 who 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 and who plays up front? What does it look like? Can I ask a question in uh, in response? I guess or, or a precursor to that question. Um, do we think that the players we currently have playing are performing well enough? Or do we think we need to make some more sweeping changes? Because I think, for me, there's a couple of players who were, who were very poor last night and have been poor for a little while now. I'm looking at Andreas Pereira, who I think had a really bad game last night. Um, Harrison Reed, I think, is, is a good player, but I don't think he... Um, especially when you're coming up against a team like West Ham, where you don't really need an extra defensive midfielder. Uh, I would have liked to see potentially Lukic or even Kearney start um, and be a little bit more creative and push us forward a bit more. Um, you know, does is is it working with Willian and BDR? Do we need to change it up? Willian, you know, all, all the tricky feet in the world, but he, it seemed like he couldn't actually create a chance last night which was a little bit worrying as well. I, I'm just wondering if there's a, a bigger issue going on where, yes, we don't have that much squad depth, but at the moment the players in the squad aren't performing well enough. Do we need to make more sweeping changes? Um, I'm going to put in the counter-argument to that and go, I, 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 didn't think, I, I didn't think Pereira's game was absolutely awful last night. I thought... I thought some of his crosses, dead ball crosses, were actually pretty good. Um, mm. In open play, I guess you could argue that his, his form over the last few weeks hasn't been amazing. But uh, he did obviously put that goal away at Bournemouth. So it's not just about the finish, but the fact that he was actually working with the others and he arrived at the right place at the right time. And that says to me... He, he, his mind and, 
and he's still on, he's still in form because he, you don't arrive you don't even arrive uh, to actually close that out if you're not in form you're ball watching or you're just not involved in the play right I'm yeah. and uh, as to William I think William is so skillful so experienced and so creative that if you gave him a different system I think he'd adapt to it in a in a, in a moment in an absolute heartbeat. Um, I actually think Bobby Deckard over Reed uh, in in on on the wing. I, I think he was he was dragged last night to give us another option when things we just couldn't find a way forward. I don't think he had an awful game. He he sort of drifted out of the game a bit. But again, if if we were to change our strategy and to find ways of actually opening up their defence through clever passing, I'd, I'd actually rate Bobby to, to, to do that, even if he wasn't the man receiving the ball up front. Um, could could um, Man or Solomon play a role in that? Absolutely he could, right? Mm. So my, my bigger issue would be how does, how does um, Anthony Robinson fit into that? He's great at carrying the ball forward and, and you know, he, he, he can defend. He looks a bit vulnerable when he's in the box defending, but he, he, he absolutely can defend and he can get the ball up there. And, you know, his job has been to cross the ball to find Metro's head. But how does he go um, to get himself into the box and play a little clever one-twos? I, I don't know that he's... The man, and I think if you're really one-footed and closed down by a couple of angles, you probably get caught, and you run it. You run yourself into trouble. Um, so it would kind of worry me. And there's no one behind him. Kazawa, if he's even fit, um, I don't think Kazawa proved... is near fit. Yeah, and even if he was, he hasn't proved himself. I know. I know he's actually participated in a couple of really nice goals. And he's done okay mm. in the FA Cup, but I don't think he's proved himself um, in all uh, facets of play at Premier League level for this Fulham team. Uh, and I, think... I thought last night, Cedric, I'm, I'm going through a whole team wrap here, but I thought Cedric last night was oh, patchy, did mm. some good things, but he's a little bit unreliable. Yep. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think... I quite liked his willingness to put a ball into the box. I thought that mm. was that was a positive. Um, but again, I, I think a bit of he's he's missing a bit of match sharpness. It seemed, um, which is kind of fair enough, I guess, because he just hasn't actually played that many games this season. Um, one one thing, just to touch on your point on Robinson, there, you know, we we see him get down the wing a lot. You know, he's got a really great partnership with Willian and they do a lot down that wing. He's he's only got the one assist so far this season. Um, he's put in 107 crosses for 24% cross accuracy. Where And he gets in the right position often, but he's just missing that final ball at the moment. Um, uh, interesting few comments coming through on the live stream here. Uh, I'll pop up one from um, Will, which was also echoed by Black, White and Fred. Um, well, I'll put Black, White and Fred up first. Shane Duffy up front if we persist with all these crosses. 
And uh, William also says, someone mentioned throwing Duffy up front as a bit of a left field change. I don't know about enough about Duffy to form an opinion of whether that may work or not. Um, I mean, we, we've seen him thrown on last minute as a, a bit of an option up front, and we are putting in a lot of crosses. I don't think he's a Ian Pearce-style centre-back slash striker. Um, and, and I actually think we just need to change our system because crossing the ball to Vinicius yeah. is just not yeah, working. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I'd rather I'd rather have a go at changing our system. I know it's very, very random and very radical, pardon me, for this point in the season. But I think trying to reinvent Duffy um, at this stage, I, I, I'd rather invest efforts and focus in actually, uh, you know, revitalising players to just change it up completely to try and see if we can make something work because I, I was heartened by that goal at Bournemouth. It looked great mm. and it worked. We cut them apart. And, um, you know, and e even when Mit Mitro does play, oftentimes we're hot and cold in our service to him. So why not try something completely different in the absence of Mitro and, and Vinny, Vinny not being able to step up? Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, I think, you know, the other thing to to consider there is um, you look at the, the stats. We, we dominated West Ham. If we were playing a different system and not just trying to lump balls into the box and we had a different way of trying to score goals, I think we actually would have scored goals. But, uh, you know, as I saw a few people saying five hours after the game finished, um, even if the game is still going now, I still think Fulham probably wouldn't have scored by now. Hmm. Um, fair, and, fair. and it really did feel like that. It just looked like we were we had no idea what we were doing and we just never looked really threatening, which is disappointing. The only best chance we had was from a free kick, which Tosin somehow managed to completely miss. Uh, just needed to get any kind of little touch on it and I reckon it would have got past the keeper there and we might be hmm. having a very different conversation if that ball had gone in. Um, Jack, but yeah, Jack, go on. Yep. Sorry, can can, I, can we pick up on another comment thrown in here by uh, uh, Black, White, and Fred? Uh, thanks for for participating in your comments, which I think is an interesting one as well. And he says um, uh, Andreas is guilty of trying too hard sometimes, and I, I saw that a couple of times. We all saw that a couple of times last night, where he just ran out of pitch, where he. He was running and dribbling and actually looking pretty good, but he sort of hadn't thought about where it was all going to end up and where mm. he was actually going to then pass the ball to. And he just ran into a wall of players. It happened a couple of times. And, and, and maybe that kind of trying too hard is what you do when you start to get a bit frustrated that you, there is no option up front, so I've got to do more on my own. Which is which is a bit of a sad indictment because you've you've kind of dropped your discipline and you're playing a different style and trying to do it on your own. But it's not that surprising that that kind of thing starts happening. I, I think he's guilty of that most weeks, to be honest. I, I think, and maybe that you kind of accept that when you get the Brazilian flair from him as well, and some of the stuff that he is able to do is is very impressive, but. He does seem to overplay occasionally, and sometimes I'd like to see him choose the the simpler ball rather than try and pick out the kill 
couple of pass and, and maybe just I don't want to say put in more effort because he does around the field he he puts in more effort than a lot of other players do so I think it'd be harsh to say I want to see him put in more effort but at the same time I, I'd well, just like to see him be a little bit more clinical that that um, attempted overhead kick last week at Bournemouth came in for some criticism because he had time and maybe someone <laughs> should have reminded him that he did have time but he yeah. could have probably teed that up and, and and used a putter at that point to to slot it away because mm. he had a lot of time and he obviously anyway um yeah i don't think we want to get on top of players for for trying to be creative and and trying new things at the same time but i i do agree that it feels like there are some instances where we'd just like to see him like i said be a little bit more clinical play it a little bit more simple um, because sometimes trying to overdo it uh, unless everything's going your way and you're really getting the luck of the draw and it it just feels like at the moment the way we're currently performing and the way we're currently playing, you, you don't want someone who's trying too many extravagant things. You want to take it back to basics and this is when, you know, you get on, on the park, uh, on the training ground and, and just drill into players um, the way they should be doing things. Uh, it just, yeah, it, it's all feeling just a little bit disappointing at the moment. And I was really hoping and crossing my fingers that we weren't flying towards a, a massive peter out for this season and a fizzle. Uh, but it's it's really starting to feel like that. And I, I'm, you know, as I've said before, I'm fractionally worried about how this season ends because I, I wouldn't be overly surprised if we only picked up three or four more points to the whole season, um, which is such a shame and I know we would have taken 17th at the start of the year but based on how we started this season I feel like you know now I, I would I would take 10th but we really we should have been pushing for 7th at this point in the year and um, we, we're just petering out and, and flying down well fortunately not flying down the table but it feels like in a couple of weeks time we might be uh, finding ourselves dropping a little further than we'd hoped um, Dan, let's talk about just briefly the, the West Ham goal itself. Is there much Harrison Reed could have done there, or do you think this is just pure bad luck? I, I think it's it, it, it's desperately bad luck, and I felt very sorry for him. And I, I, There was a, a lovely little moment where the camera just caught a half frame of uh, Bert Leno literally kind of lifting him up off the ground Mm. and saying, don't worry about it, mate, just carry on. Because there's nothing he could have done. He, he wasn't – he he didn't sort of arrive awkwardly and he wasn't clumsy at all. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time um, any other day, and he clears that. And I also think if he doesn't get a touch on it, uh, it, it goes to Antonio, who pokes that ball away mm. more more than likely. So I, he had to do something there. Uh, the ball got kind of stuck under his feet. It squirmed out and fell kind of, into the ball. Sort of there. hit him. The ball kind of hit him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, a real um, shame to concede a goal like that. But you know, like, we like keep, we said, are we it's, keeping it's, you up, Jack? <laughs> I was at a wedding last night, uh, so I had to watch the game this morning. Uh, feeling 
fractionally dusty, but we're 35 minutes through and we're doing really well so far. So that was my first tour. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've got yeah. COVID, but I'm fine. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know we're all, we're all flying at the moment. Um, yeah, it, a really disappointing result. It's it's a real shame that we we couldn't get anything out of this one because I think based on West Ham's recent form, especially, it felt like this should have been a game that we we were winning. But you know, as, as a few people had said during the week, uh, it's it's so Fulhamish that we come up against a team who are in a relegation battle, just got battered five one, and we lose one nil having. 77% possession, which I don't think I've ever seen in a game of football in the Premier League before. Even when Minnows are coming up against Man City, they're still cracking 30%. Um, this was a, a real possession drubbing that we just couldn't take advantage of, which is a real shame. Um, so so look, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Do you believe Do you believe that Silver... We can discuss it as much as we like, um, but do you believe that Silver and Boa are actually going to make this change in terms of how we play up front? Um, look, it, it's it's tough. I'd love to see them make the change, but actually doing it is a, is a completely different story. I think it's, it's a big risk to take, but at the same time, based on what's happening at the moment, you do have to take a bit of a risk and make a change. I'd, I'd almost like to see us... Um, make some more sweeping changes and bring in players like Luke Harris and give him a start. And maybe some of the other youth players who have been really impressive so far this season, you know, maybe someone like a Terrier blades or, um, you know, one of those youth strikers who, who are putting the ball in the back of the net fairly regularly. If Vinicius can't do it, try, try someone else. Um, yep. Maybe try the same system again with a different striker because we do have other strikers at the club. They're, they're youth players, but they're still strikers who are putting goals away fairly regularly because our youth team's doing superbly this season. I don't see why you wouldn't give one of those guys a, a crack just to see what happens. Um, expecting I, the worst. I, I don't know them. I don't know them well enough, but are they going to have the physicality uh, to to be able to play in that same style as a Mitra up front um, with the likelihood of scoring goals in, in the well, Premier I mean, League? No one's going to have the same physicality as Mitro, but if you look at the under-21 side, um, you've got Terrier Blade, who's a striker, who's doing very well this season, scoring goals. Uh, Marshall Which is a great Godot name, well. by the way. Yeah. Uh, Marshall Godot as well is, is scoring goals up front. He's been very good so far this season. Callum McFarlane as well. Um, you know, they're, they're definitely not slight players, I don't think they're going to get massively bumped off the ball. Um, you know, for Marshall Godot, for example, has played a couple of games in the Carabao Cup, played a season in non-league. You know, when he was still quite young as well. I, I'd I'd actually just like to see them given a crack. And even if it doesn't go to plan, I think you can still say you've you've tried it and tried to make something happen. You got someone like Luke Harris, who's so well thought of, but not getting games at the moment when things aren't going well. I don't know why you wouldn't just kind of throw him in the deep end and say, look, things aren't going well already. Why don't you go in there and, and see if you can turn it around and make a name for yourself? And, and we did it with Cavalio previously. We've done it with not so much with Harvey Elliott. We gave him a couple of games, but 
I'd actually, I think now's the time when you're not sort of in panic mode a little bit to actually throw some of these guys in and say, you know, there's no pressure on you because we're currently perform underperforming. Come in and maybe make the position your own, and maybe, you know, we find out that Luke Harris because he's tipped to be an absolute star one day. He's still getting picked for the Welsh national team, uh, having, you know, just played under twenty ones football all year. Uh, I'd be I'd be definitely giving some of those younger guys a crack and and trying the same system that they are playing as well down in the under twenty ones and try and get something to actually click and, and maybe just try something different. I, I, honestly, I can't see a great likelihood that those other two young guys that you mentioned, who we've never seen on the team sheet, are going to be suddenly swung in. Luke Harris, yep. absolutely, absolutely. You know, he he's actually... Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of him, but we've we've seen him in far more competitive games than the one we played last last night. And um, I, he will not embarrass himself. Which you know, I mean, the manager's not going to go into panic mode and bring a couple of youth players who've never even been rolled out at senior level before, because if that doesn't work, it's going to look terrible. And I think they'd be concerned about that. But I don't think there's a great risk that Luke Harris would embarrass himself. He's plenty skillful well, enough. I mean, Luke Harris enough. didn't even didn't even make the bench last night, which was kind mm. of disappointing. Um, and it was, I'd also say it was disappointing that Lukic didn't get on. Um, you know, sending Kenny Tete on. Um, he came on in the 68th minute. Who did he? He came on for Suarez. I, I understand the the change that we made there, but I, I would have liked to see us maybe take off a defender because we didn't need four defenders. Let's be honest. Um, take off, uh, take off, Suarez, and then bring on, yeah, another winger or another attacking player, and just try and push the ball forward and see if we can do something. But like, like I said, I feel like we're just we we're not trying anything different, and maybe we just do need to try something different because if we do, that will actually be the catalyst for for making something happen. And it, it's just like I said, it just feels very disappointing at the moment. It feels like we're just you know, we got our feet up basically. Um, yeah. So a, look, a couple other little comments coming through here on our live stream, black, white, and Fred. I think if we do go false nine, then we need TC on the pitch to pick the killer ball in behind. I'd agree with that completely. I think Kearney, when he comes on, adds so mm. much creativity to the side. Um, and mm. we, we saw it last night. It, it just seems to calm everything down a little bit more. Uh, I think he didn't need Harrison Reed yesterday. But also, he, he he totally suits that kind of. He he is the he plays wonderful through balls. He's got the vision. He you know he he's his weight of pass to set up those little intricate plays is very very mm. good. He, he's he's the genuine article and for that style of of of, of play for sure. I'd agree with that. And it'd be interesting as well. I know we've got. Um... Niskin's not far off full fitness. He's obviously back training with the with the squad at the moment. Um, I, I wouldn't be overly surprised if we saw him potentially rushed back in, um, maybe not starting, but coming off the bench. I think he adds a really good option. He's tricky. He is creative. He'll, he'll try things and he'll be able to do them, similar to, as you said, with Bobby 
you know, he, he's got quite quick feet and he's quite skillful as well. And I think Neeskins is almost a step above that. So I'd, I'd be really interested to see if we rush Neeskins back into the side a little bit rather than giving him, you know, realistically, if you didn't have to, you probably wouldn't play him again for the rest of the season uh, just to make sure that he's fully recovered for next year. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we actually do see him come into the team over the next few weeks if he's back training with the first-team squad. So that will be quite interesting to see how that one pans out. And um, but Yeah, I, I think the next team selection is going to be kind of telling. I, I'd be surprised if we keep it exactly the same. I don't think that same 11 will come out. I expect we'll probably see Harrison Reed out of the side. Um, I'd say the wingers will probably be different, and I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see Vinicius again. Hmm. Which is obviously, as we've said before, a real shame for him. It's a bit of a hammer blow to his confidence. But I think, you know, business is business, and Premier League is Premier League, and, um, you know, the development of players is something that has to happen alongside the overall greater goal of, yeah of it's it's the bigger picture successful. the bigger bigger picture comes first here and the bigger picture is you know ideally turning results around and, and getting wins uh, and after that i'd say rather than giving vinicius minutes I'd, I'd be saying a bigger picture here is actually giving some of the youth players minutes and getting them on the field and seeing what they have to offer um so i think the the vinicius argument starts to drop very far down the list very quickly at this stage. Um, so, mm. yeah, it'll be, be interesting to see how we line up against Everton, but I would I would expect some changes. And, look, I personally hope for some changes because, I, like I said, we need to mix it up because it's it's been a little bit too long now. And I know, you know, there were some comments made on uh, the Fulhamish podcast saying, you know, we need to look at the table and just remember we are sitting in 10th place at the moment. We've had a great season. We're not getting relegated. Um, we do need to remain positive, but it is it is tough to remain positive when you're, you're seeing results like this. And actually, what it the reason we're not super positive is because we know that changes need to happen before next season. Because if we go into next season with a squad that is similarly thin to the current squad, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. And I think this is just opening our eyes a little bit to... Um, how well we've managed to play this season. Um, but there, there's some deeper issues that are lying slightly beneath. And I'm sure they'll get resolved and I'm sure they'll get addressed. But it, it is worrying to see just how thin we are basically at this stage um, when we lose effectively one senior player. Well, again, it, and I hate to sort of try and dig this kind of positive out of it all, but if there was ever any risk that the Khans thought we were good to go with this squad for next season, I, I, I think that's been laid before them now pretty pretty clearly that provided, you know, financial fair play gives us some headroom mm. and it looks like it does, we have to spend some money now because we've proven that we can be a mid-table club and potentially so much more if we've we've got that the right squad, which we clearly don't. Yeah. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Look, let's 
One last thing that I do want to talk about just before we move on and look at some tweets. Uh, the West Ham goal itself in the lead up, um, the ball bobbles around a bit and it does seem to strike Jared. I think it, it wasn't Jared Bone. I can't remember who it was, but the ball does bobble up and hit the West Ham player on both arms. It looked like, do you think there was much in that? Or do you think you could classify that as accidental arms close to his body in a natural position and didn't give him that much of an advantage? Well, the, the last, the last point you make, I think is the most significant point you make. I watched that a couple of times and whether or not it's accidental, what's interesting about it, I think is that the, the way the ball rebounds off his clearly, clearly off his hand or arm, lower arm knocks the ball in the opposite direction to which Robinson is predicting the ball is going to flow, fall and it wrong foots him. Mm-hmm. So it actually provides um, the player who wasn't Bowen as the, the player before I can see his face. I can't yeah. remember his name. Um, it, it actually provides him with quite an advantage because Robin is, Robinson is now wrong footed and it, it, Robinson thinks it's going to his left. Maybe Robinson always thinks it's going to his left, but it actually falls to his right and he gets around him. So it's a definite advantage. And um, g- given given that I know it wasn't the the immediate play that scores the goal. But given the significance of that play in the lead-up, I don't know why, and again, maybe I just don't know enough about what VAR's capacity is to overrule things and pull things up, but I would have thought in the context of how that goal is constructed, that handball, whether deliberate or not, is actually the, has put us at, at a disadvantage. Without uh, it feels trying like, to sound like a whinge. No, no. It feels like it should have been checked, and I'm not 100% sure why it wasn't checked. Um, it's, it's a tough I'm one. Compl- and I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining about the own goal. We've discussed that. That ball goes yeah. in because the ball hits Harrison Reed. okay? But yeah. perhaps that shot from Bowen never even happens. If No, it, the, it wouldn't. If it got called for a handball at that point. Yeah, yeah, that that never happens. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's again slightly disappointing, but yeah, as um, Black, White, and Fred comments here uh, live after the Man United game, don't think VAR will be our friend. Uh, possible, hopefully not, but um, it, it did feel. There's part of me. Uh, there's there's a part of me, and I know this sounds really dark, but there's a part of me that almost. Is 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 not desperately unhappy that this goal goes in, just to highlight how much we need to make a change here, and how much we can't just sit back and hope for the best and just keep trying the same old shit every week without Metro, and perhaps if we don't lose to West Ham, nothing dramatic is ever going to happen around the training ground, and the whiteboard. Yeah, no, I agree. Look, let's um, move forward and have a look look at some tweets from the game. Uh, I'll get you to run through these ones if you can, Dad. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, one from Sammy James, uh, obviously Sammy James from the Fulhamish podcast. 
have to do better than that, safe or not. If we can't beat West Ham, then I'm not sure who we can and will beat. Here, here. We're so predictable going forward. I don't understand why we keep crossing from deep to nobody. Tosin and Leno were good today. One of the very few positives. I'm going to challenge that, Sammy, and say that wow, Tosin still has a a foot fault or a, a a silly pass in him, doesn't he? When he when he's trying to play out of the back, he gave the ball away in a couple of really dangerous areas last night. And whilst overall he was actually pretty good, but he does scare the pants off me. He really does. He always will. I know. Yeah, I, I'm I'd, a bit I'd of agree a broken with that. record on that. I, I'd agree with that, but I do think Tosin did have a pretty good game last night. So I, you know, yeah. Yeah, all, all things considered. Um, yeah. Moving on to the next one. This one from at Fulham Flutter on Twitter, Anthony B. Um, another handball assist goal for West Ham versus Fulham. He literally scopes the ball into his path and controls, sorry, controls shoots and scores via deflection. Why wasn't this pulled back? Outrageous once again. Look, I, I don't think it's deliberate, but as I mentioned before, He's clearly got some advantage from the ball hitting his hand. And, um, yeah, it's it's disappointing. And uh, I, I don't know. It's just perhaps it's just one of those things that's meant to be. And as I was trying to say before, if you want to look on the absolute, you know, weird bright side, perhaps this is, that goal has caused us to focus our minds here and I hope, hope the team and the management do as well. Yeah, I agree. And look, um, we, we did briefly discuss it before. Um, I think you can look at it two ways. And again, I don't want to try and blame our loss on that one moment. I think either way, we didn't look like we were going to score a goal and, you know, that, that moment didn't change anything for me. I, I think we, we just couldn't break down a, a worse team than us, and I think that's worrying. Um, next one, this is from Tibo at ktibo245 on Twitter. Yeah, and he's another, he or she, I'm not sure, um, is a, another pretty regular uh, tweeter. Um, in terms of form, we've basically swapped with Villa, who are looking real sharp at the moment. Fulham's second half of the season is what, what everyone expected us to be in the first half of the whole season. Unfortunate to see. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yep. hundred percent. Uh, we got mm. one here from Sophie Johnson at Fulham 89 on Twitter. <laughs> I have a training suggestion. Dot, 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 dot. Quite a few dots. Crossing. Yeah. Yeah. Can't say much more than that, really. Uh, I just tend to agree a little bit. I think uh, the the amount of crosses we put in for absolutely zero um, outcome was disappointing for sure. And then a final tweet here from um, at Fulhamato on Twitter. Really quite enjoyable Twitter feed to follow, mm. so make sure you do give him a follow and uh, a, a more lighthearted one to finish up here. Hmm. No Metro, no party. Pretty true. Does what it says on the tin there. Um, I mean, I mean, so look. It, yeah, obviously, obviously a divisive opinion. 
but um, love him or, or, or loathe him, um, he's he's a he's massive, a massive, massive element element of this team. And so, uh, come back soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, look with that. I think we've pretty much covered another disappointing game from a Fulham perspective. Um, really hoping that things turn around and we've got another opportunity again, fortunately over the coming weeks to turn our form around. We're playing against three teams, which, you know, should be fairly, fairly beatable for, for us. It's just about actually putting everything together and making it all work and, and, you know, lifting our heads up a little bit, because I think after the, the last sort of month or two, it's really easy for the heads to drop. And I'm, I'm hoping we're not in a position like that at the moment where um, players need that boost. So fingers crossed we, we get to have a bit more of a jolly chat this time next week. Um, hopefully we, we can eke out a win against Everton. I'd, I'd be more than happy with an ugly 1-0. Uh, but at the moment, I'd take any points. So it'll be a big week ahead for Fulham, I think, on the training field and really looking forward to next weekend's game to see if we can get back to winning ways again. Um, a big thank you again to everyone who follows us, everyone who's subscribed on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, people who follow along on the live stream, big thanks again to William, Black and White and Fred. Um, Sam jumped on as well, which was great to see, even though he couldn't join us today. Um, but a massive thanks to all the support we continue to get and everyone who interacts with us on uh, all social media. It's really appreciated. Um, so, look, Dad, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah. Uh, no, look, I, it was a good chat. And, uh, you know, we can't always be talking about um, wondrous runs. So I'm, 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 I'm happy. I'm always happy to, to try and pull us all apart and uh, chat through and hopefully feel a tad better at the other end. Yeah, well, hope you feel a tad better from your COVID as well. Um, yeah. You've got a, got a week to recover and maybe sit down and just watch some game tape over the last few weeks and send a few emails out to Marco and try and resolve our issues. I I, I thought you were about to tell me you've got a week to recover because you're playing up front. Well, not the worst idea at the moment, it feels like. Um, but look, thank you again for joining us and thanks to everyone who's uh, taking part in the live stream and like I said, everyone who continues to support us online. It's really, really appreciated and uh, yeah. We, uh, we want to keep doing this for as long as possible. So uh, it's all because of your support. So look, until next time, everyone, thank you again. And come on, you whites. <laughs> <laughs>